Hi, and welcome to the Lighthouse Church Podcast, where we're diving deeper into God's Word and doing our best to help encourage you in your walk with God. Thanks for joining us. We have to be in the Word of God, sharpening ourselves to make sure that we're dividing truth from lie, fiction, because... Man, I mean, imagine how much we are inundated with lies right now, especially in our culture. I mean, it's... And voices. And voices, yeah. And I would dare say that we're lied to more, way more than what we hear the truth. Right. There may be some truth in it, but so much is swayed one way or the other. And What you said a while ago, the Word of God, knowing the Word of God so strongly is a key to discernment. Mm-hmm. Because when the lie comes... You can discern right off the bat that's not true. Right. And that's what they tell me about bankers. You know, they, uh, their tellers, you know, they give them the, the real deal. Mm-hmm. You know, they let them work with the real money, the real money all the time. So when the counterfeit comes in, it's like, ooh, we can recognize right off the bat. That's the counterfeit. Right. And yeah. that's the way we need to be spiritually. That's so true. Yeah. You know, we need to reckon because Satan is not an originator of anything. Mm-hmm. He's a master counterfeiter. Yes. So when it comes to music, yeah. when it comes to all these other different things, he's a counterfeiter. Mm-hmm. Music is designed for worship. Yeah. But yet people are drawn on. Well, it even says that God's not the author of confusion, <clears throat> which, I mean, you think about like, we're talking about the word of God, you know, being that center point, that anchor that we have. A lot of times we think about the word of God as like, well, I'm going to read the word of God because I'm going to get something out of it. I'm going to be encouraged. I'm going to be you know, whatever it may be. But a lot of times we underestimate the power of the word of God to, to, to sharpen us to the point that we know when people are speaking lies to us when they're speaking. But then again, too, I underestimate sometimes how little some folks who are walking with the Lord have when it comes to discernment. Mm-hmm. And that discernment, which is really hearing from God, comes from that word and time in communion with him, prayer and relationship, just like a marriage, just like anything else. And so I think we need to be careful that if somebody does share a, thus saith the Lord with you, that it's got to line up with scripture. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got an obligation. We, you know, we want to uh, lead people mm-hmm. into the presence of God. We want to invite Holy Spirit's presence here for mm-hmm. the people. And it's like my prayer, you know, it's like, our prayer for this conversation that we're having tonight is, Lord, let something through Brian and mine's conversation and through our experiences and through our beliefs, may it bring you know edification to somebody. Mm-hmm. But most importantly, let it bring glory to you. Yes, absolutely. You know, so it's like people say, well, God's called me to do this or that and the other. Well, are you doing it? Mm-hmm. Do it. Just do it. You, you don't have to have the title. You don't, yeah, have, you don't to. have to. It's like I came to you a few months ago and said, you know, I really like this book. And I think it would be great if we offered it to our young people. Yep. Um, he's like, great, when you want to start. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but most people say, no, no, Pastor, I think this is a great book, but I think you should be the one. That... Exactly. And, There's uh, a lot of people that have those ideas. Yeah. I mean, because we had someone, you know, this past week wanting to help somebody. Yeah. Well, he's limited in what he can do. And in your presence, when talking with us, he turned around and said, will you be a mediator in this? And I'm like, heck no. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't have anything to do with this. I mean, what, why are you trying to drag me into this? Right, yeah. It's not a burden on my heart. Yeah, yeah. And it may be a good thing. And that's where we get in trouble because we want to yeah. do good. We want to please people. You know, we want to bless people. Yeah. But 
is it in my lane? Yeah. Is it? You know, or is it not? Yeah, because a lot of times we say yes to things that we're not supposed to say yes to, right. which means it's taking us away from the things that we are supposed right. to say yes right. to. And that's the importance of the body of Christ. We need to know each other. Yeah. Oh, yes. You know, we call it a personal relationship. No, it needs to be a public relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Because what's God doing with you? What's he wanting to do through you? Mm-hmm. What's your giftings? How has mm-hmm. he anointed you for this? Yeah. And what's he anointed you to do? Yeah. Well, now I can say... I'm not in a position to help you, but so-and-so here yeah. is really anointed in this area, and they may be able to help you. Perfect, because that's the thing is God speaks through his word, but God uses people to speak to you as well. And you and I both know this because, you know, whether it be a pastor, a preacher, evangelist, teacher, or whether it be little Miss Susie Q that sits beside you every Sunday at church, she might say something to you that completely just radically confirm something that God is saying or doing. And I think that's the thing is that like, uh, and some people may get mad at me saying it, but I'm a, obviously I'm a pastor. I'm a huge advocate for church attendance. And the reason that I am is you've already covered is that it's an opportunity for us to minister to each other. And that's one of the things that God does. And so if I'm sitting at home and I'm just, you know, listening to whatever preacher on TV all the time, that, that's well and good. I'm sure they're great. But what about your gifts? What about the opportunity to serve? What about the opportunity to be connected? And I see it a lot as a pastor. And, it, and it's even like, it, it doesn't even have to be about spiritual things. You know, it's just like secular jobs, things like that. Like somebody will message me. They say, well, who, who do you recommend to be, to work on my air conditioner? You know, or who do you recommend to do this particular plumbing or whatever? And I know people in generally just about every area that somebody asks me. And I'll say, well, this is who I would recommend. Well, is that not God too? I mean, you know, showing up in a secular realm, showing up in the marketplace, showing favor to each other. Because one of the things that I like to say about a church attendance is, is when you come to church, you're part of that spiritual economy. And I don't want people to misunderstand me. It's not about money. Economy is about the trading of things. You know, and so you may have something you alluded to it. Well, I'm not gifted in that area, but I know this person and they are. And I think that's the other part that we miss is that God speaks through his word, but God uses people to speak to us too. And he has with me numerous times. And I think it's hilarious because you know, as well as I do, if you're up preaching on a Sunday morning in church and somebody will come to me afterward or the next week or message me or something and say, well, man, Listen, when you were talking about such and such, God was really speaking to me. And I, a lot of times, was not talking about... No, yeah, don't, there's sometimes I don't you remember. You may not even say it. I, I don't, that's what a lot heard. of times I don't even, I didn't even say that. Right. But that's why I say there's two sermons going on. One that the preacher's preaching and the, the, one, that, the one that the Holy Spirit is preaching. <laughs> that's right. And, and it does, that's fine. I, don't, that, that, I would much rather that that's happen. That's the whole purpose. We give room for God to work. Absolutely. And so it's like... What's most important is not that you hear what I got to say. It's that you hear what God is speaking. And sometimes God uses people directly or indirectly to speak to us. And sometimes it's not even that they meant to. I mean, you know, sometimes it can be the most rude, vile, awful person ever that God, I mean, God, you said that pastor taught you how not to be a pastor. And my earthly father taught me how not to be a father 
<laughs> I mean, because we had a ministry, you know, providing study Bibles, you know, to pastors in Zimbabwe. Mm-hmm. And it was the NIV study Bible. Mm-hmm. Well, a few things. NIV is easy to understand, easy to read. And when you cross in language barriers, it's basic English yes. that they can read. Now, the study notes in there are a help. They're a benefit. Are they in the inspired Word of God? No, but I believe there can be some inspiration there that you can glean from. Right. So that was the purpose, raising money for, you know, for Zimbabwe, the pastors in the, you know, in the Bible program. Uh, but this particular pastor, in front of our missionary, there kept referring to the NIV as the non-inspired version. <laughs> yeah. And the missionary looked at me. You know, there's the ones that he had trained, discipled over two million. Hmm people in Zimbabwe and South Africa wow. and places like he's yeah I refer to him as the the missionary you know he's like the Billy Graham or whatever there yeah. they went through the evangelism explosion program and people were just getting born again went through the Bible training center for pastors literature to train pastors in the villages of how to pastor you know and, yeah. and a good basic understanding of scripture and Bible doctrine and so forth but then it's the non-inspired version <laughs> come on no. Are you kidding me? That's funny. You know, what? what is the best version of Scripture that you can have? The, the one in the your, one you got. <laughs> the one you got. The, the, the one that you're reading. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not in a fight. You know, there's a lot of Christians, like you said at the very beginning, they, they feel it's their calling to rebuke those who don't believe the way I do. And I always go back to Acts 1.8. It said, the Holy Spirit shall come upon you and you shall be witnesses mm-hmm. unto me. Mm-hmm. didn't say you shall be debaters right. for me. Yes. You know, and it's like a witness. What is a witness? They can only give a testimony to what they know. I once was blind, experience. but now I can see. Amen. I don't know how, <laughs> but I can take you to the one that made the difference. Right. right? But we have to be careful of taking these events like in Moses' life. All right, I'm going outside. I'm going to the woods because I'm going to find me a bush that's burning that's not being consumed. Right. You can't take that as this is the way God speaks to everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a unique way that he got Moses' attention and that he was able to speak to Moses. And yeah. he may use another unique situation for you or, yeah. or somebody else. Yeah. But you can't make a doctrine out of that. This is the way God speaks to everybody. Yeah. No. You know, God can speak to you through a country song. Or a lyric in a country music song, <laughs> or a television commercial, or something, you know, it's that spontaneous thought or that spontaneous picture that God uses. Like, wow, I don't even know what the commercial's about, but I just heard that word. Right, yeah. You know? Well, you know, for the sake of people that are hanging in here with us and listening uh, and participating in this, whether it's the video or the podcast or whatever, you know, audible podcast, um, as we finish this up, I want to ask you a question. And I'm going to ask it to myself first, so that gives you a minute to think about it. Um, we, one of the things that we have done through Celebrate Recovery here at our church is uh, think, we, we do this thing in the leadership that um, called inventory. And inventory makes you dig deeper and kind of go back and kind of see where as to why you may have some struggles that you have and things like that. And and so um, I remember when we first, when they first brought it up, some of the leaders, I, I was like, jeez, I don't want to take an inventory. I, don't, I know I screwed up and Jesus fixed it all and everything's good, right? I don't want to bring that up. Right, why would I bring that up? And keep that over there where it belongs. But then in the process of thinking back, what I ended up doing was thinking back to 
certain things in my life. And I think, okay, what's the first memory that I have, you know? And, and I thought, okay, I remember kindergarten. I remember walking to school. I remember, you know, those things. And I thought, wait a minute, do I remember? And then I started remembering some things before that. And I traced it back to my first memory, and I won't share what it is. But one of the things that I did was take an inventory of when the first time I remember hearing God for the first time. And that's what I want to ask you is when was that first time you remember? What was the circumstances? For me, I, I was I come to know Christ at 16 years old. Still getting to know him, and I'm 47 years old. <laughs> so, which is the beautiful part. Uh, I was almost 17, though, and I fumbled around. I didn't know. Majority of people in my life were telling me, you know, the things, uh, superficial things that I needed to do, like wear certain clothes, not listen to certain things, not watch certain things, don't hang around these people, don't do this, don't do that. Not very many people tell me what I could do. And so it's kind of discouraging. So my relationship with Jesus didn't really just take off, you know, and, but then around 19 years old, some things happened and then, you know, it starts definitely started coming around. And I'm sure God spoke to me, but I couldn't, I can't literally tell you when that was, but I'm sure he probably did. But fast forward, Amanda and I got married. I'm 22 years old, turned 23. I was probably 24 years old is what I can bring it back to. And I was sitting in our home and I was having this time of prayer and I've been reading through Ephesians and boy did God ever show up and I would like to say that it was amazing but it was the scariest thing I'd ever encountered in my life at that point so I'd love to say that it was like oh God just moved and oh and I was like oh Amanda come get you some of this and you know and everything else and I'm like but no, it was so scary. I was sitting on the couch with my feet on the floor with the Bible on my lap. I pulled my feet up in the couch and I set the Bible aside and I said, and I sit there for hours because I was scared. Uh, and that's my first uh, time. And, and, and in that moment, I could sense that God was saying to me, hey, Brian, listen, you... Um, Hold on. We're going to compete with the train. We're going to keep in contest with the train here. And we don't get in competitions with the train horn as the train goes by our church sometimes. But listen, I'm sitting here and, and God, it's like all of a sudden God said, you know how much I love you? If you could see the battle that was going on around you right now for you, for your soul, you... If I and basically he said, if you if I lifted the veil for just a moment of my grace, you die because in your physical body you cannot handle what I see and what I'm protecting you from. And I just it it literally scared me to death. And I didn't know how to share that with Amanda. No idea. I was like, I don't know what I I don't know. I mean, it was a few days before I shared it with Amanda. And so I was like, wow, that is nuts. That is crazy. And that was my first time that I ever experienced God speaking to me. And I thought I was going nuts. I thought I was crazy and everything else. But that was my first time. I look back on it now, twenty, you know, half my life ago just about. And I know for sure that that was definitely uh, God uh, speaking to me. And it was terrifying. So, uh, As far as me and uh, my first experience with the Lord really knowing Him was in June 1979. Yeah. I was eight years old. And we were having vacation Bible school in the Baptist church I grew up in. And it was just like, 
<clears throat> felt like I needed to talk to the pastor. Yeah. I'm like, I just, I guess at that point I realized that, hey, I'm a sinner. Mm-hmm. And I'm in need of a savior. You know, at eight years old. You know, because, uh, you know, vacation Bible schools, we go through the ABCs, you know, faith, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. at that early age, thank God for my teachers and stuff at that point. I remember telling my mom, I need to talk to the pastor. And pastor Ed Hayes was fairly new at our church at that time. And I talked to him and he explained the gospel of salvation to me, you know, what it means to um, ask Jesus in your heart, so to speak. Yeah, right. And uh, I remember praying with him. And boy, I tell you what, it was like even at eight, I remember leaving out of his office and transitioning into the old sanctuary. And I felt like I was just floating. I mean, I, I could just see, uh, like an out-of-body experience. I can see my little self coming in there with a big old grin on my face, you know, excited because I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. One of the songs we used to sing, where? Right. Down in my heart. Where? Da-da-da. Down in my heart. You know, and it's just... The devil don't like it. He can sit on a tack. <laughs> but on. it's the peace that passes understanding down in my heart. Right. You know, and, um, but I remember, you know, just that was my time my born again experience yeah and it's just been a journey you know from that point on um there were times i still let the old man live Mm -hmm. i mean even at a young age man i remember being influenced and i had one of the potty mouth Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know because that was the cool yeah it's a cool thing to use the languages that and the other Mm -hmm. and i remember being at a you know at a party just young people and sat in the other and i was letting it fly Mm -hmm. and one of the girls i really like who happened to be a mormon Mm said, Jim, that language really doesn't impress girls. <laughs> and I'm like, and that was my wake up call, you yeah. know, for that. It's like, why am I talking like this or using this language, that and the other? Yeah. Um, but throughout, you know, at age 12, you know, my, my oldest brother was an elder in the church. He was worship pastor of the church. Um, and he talked to me about the Holy Spirit, you know, and what we term as the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you know, and with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And he explained all that to me and laid hands on to me, like scripture says. And it wasn't long before I started rattling in tongues, man, a language that I didn't understand. Really? And since then, I've just been, I've used that language, not like I should, you know. Um, But it's through praying in tongues, Mm -hmm. you know, that a lot of revelation came. Mm. Uh, Case in point, you know, Mom, I knew in my heart that God wanted me to go to Bible school. I needed to go get this biblical training. Mm-hmm. But we're talking a thousand miles away. Mm-hmm. And uh, so mom wanted me to go to school close to home. So I pretty much had a full scholarship to Charleston, the Baptist College of Charleston. Mm-hmm. Now it's Charleston Southern. You know, I say they changed the name after we left. <laughs> you know, they couldn't be the Baptist College anymore. <laughs> we had to change the name. Yeah. But attended my freshman year there, but that's where I met Lindy. Yeah. And we could go through a whole, we could write a book about our romance, if you will, you know, how we met and this, that, and the other, and all this kind of stuff. And um, I was literally praying um, about where to go to school. Mm -hmm. Not about girls, (laughs) anything like that. But I remember praying and I watched the clock. I was was intently praying, you know, and I was praying for about 30 minutes and I was praying in tongues. Because the scripture talks about when you don't know how to pray, mm-hmm. the Spirit of God, you yeah, know, utterance. Yeah, give you utterance and groaning. And this, that, and the other. And I just felt like bubbling up inside of me 
It was a spontaneous thought. He said, ask Lindy to marry you. <laughs> that's what I did. I was, like, I, was like, I was like Sarah when the angels came by and said, she's going to have a baby. It's like, what? I'm laughing. You know, I'm in the tent laughing. I'm like, wait a minute, God. You know, it's been cool. You know, go to college, meet all these girls from all over the place. Met mm-hmm. Lindy, really like her a lot, this, that, and the other. But I'm not praying about girls right now. And this is my conversation with God, I'm not praying about girls right now. I'm yeah. praying about where to go to school. Yeah. And I just had this thought. It just was persistent. Ask Lindy to marry you. Well, I didn't just go and run out and ask her to marry me. It's like, is that from God or is that from Satan or is that just me? Is that lust bubbling up inside of me? I don't know. You know, it's right. a spontaneous thought that came, so we have to judge it. Biblical principles. Is it okay to marry? Yeah, but God talks about marriage, just that and the other. But over a process of weeks and even months, not too many months, because it, <laughs> we were engaged in like first five months of us even meeting, knowing each other. Yeah. But I had this, this, this groaning, and I call it a word of knowledge that was coming up. I didn't feel that she was safe. Yeah. I didn't really know her dad, didn't know her stepdad, all this kind of stuff. I just felt like she was in danger physically as far as sexual, like she's going to be raped. Yeah. This, that, and the other. And I'm like, I don't understand this God. What in the world? Mm-hmm. And finally, it was in January, um, January of 1990, that I got the courage enough to ask her. And we was, her dad's bedroom was right here in this little trailer, and the couch that we were sitting on was right here, the bedroom door wide open, you know, and here I am. Yeah. Because <laughs> I got something I want to ask you. You know, and I said, you know, will you marry me? We just met in <laughs> like said, August or Lord, September. Lord, you better be right on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she just started crying. Oh, no. <laughs> and I'm like, what in the world? She's like, well, there's something I've got to tell you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what is it? You know, and I'm, we're being vulnerable now. We've told our story before. But she says, you know, as a child, I was sexually molested. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Whew. I was relieved. You're right. <laughs> I mean, yes. this may sound. I totally get you. Rough. Yeah. But I was thinking there was something that was getting ready to take place, that mm-hmm. was getting ready to happen, what God was preparing my heart for. Right. But he was actually preparing me to be able to deal with the blow she was about to give me, that she was, as a child, she was sexually molested by a stepfather. And I cried mm-hmm. with her. We both cried on that couch. Mm-hmm. But I was relieved because... He had prepared me for news that I was about to get from something that took place in the past. Mm-hmm. And that was something that we had to get counseling for and that we had to get prayer for because her view of sex at that point was nasty. All right. It was distorted because of what happened. Yeah. So I got counsel and the questions I'd ask, are you still, do you love her enough? Are you willing to marry her even if you never consummate this marriage? Mm-hmm. You talking to an 18 year old, mm-hmm. you know, this question. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, the rest of my life. But yes, I do. Mm-hmm. I do love her. I'm willing. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank God. Yeah. You know, we got Andy Lynn. We had the one child. You know, she's beautiful. Uh, a great princess of the king. Yeah. You know, and it's just, but that's another way the Lord was revealing himself so through a word of knowledge. I didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a word of wisdom on how to deal with it. Right. You know, but I just had a knowledge. Yeah. About something. I just. I really appreciate you joining me for this because 
Uh, I think there a lot of times we struggle with I mean, I mean, right now what we got going on in our culture uh, is uh, it's like God, where are you at? You know, what's what's up? <laughs> where are you what are you doing? I mean, I need really need to hear from you. But I'm I'll be honest with you, I'm hearing from God, uh, and I know that we all can. But I want to encourage anybody that's that's uh, watching or listening. You know, hey man, listen. This is this is the center point of it all. He's given it to us. It's a gift. It's precious. It's amazing. It's powerful. It's unbelievable. But at the same time, uh, there's things in it that it tells us to do, and uh, and a lot of times that's where we fall short. Is you know, I'm praying for God to give me a word, but I'd really rather have one that's a little bit more convenient and a little bit more uh, on my agenda, and my schedule. And that's not what this is about. Right. And, and I would throw this out. I don't, I don't just want a word from God. Mm-hmm. I want God. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There you go. Yes. You know, because, you know, when we were at college several months ago, and I know we're trying to close. <laughs> this is one of the things I'm good at. Well, you, you leave it. Oh, I'll talk you to the car for another 30, 45 minutes. You know, and my Lindy's watching this saying, amen. That's exactly right. That's the witch <laughs> curse. But several months ago, I found a letter that she wrote to me in college. Mm. You know, we could give it to the little guy working in the mail room at the office at, at the college, and they would just put it in the box, and you'd go, you got mail, great. Yeah. But it was a little love letter from her. Mm-hmm. And she called me her number two mm. because God's her number one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but I thank God, even though I still have that letter, I've got her. Yeah. You know, I have the one who wrote that letter. Come on. I have a relationship with the one who wrote that letter, expressed her love to me. Mm-hmm. And that's what I have with God. Mm-hmm. God moved on these men's hearts to write this letter, you know, to reveal himself, his purposes, his ways, who he is. But thank God I have him. And on a daily basis, I go back to Proverbs 3. You know, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Yeah. You know, God will guide you. Yeah. But he won't override you. Well, so, you know, if anybody's watching this, that, that they, you know, like, I'm really, I'm needing something, you know, join us, right? Yeah. Join us. Come on. Put your shorts and t-shirt on and come we join us. We do what we can with the skill sets that we have. Yep. And the talents that we have to make it a place where people can feel welcome. Yep. To be a part. We don't do it for the purpose of how many can I get in. Right. That's God's business. God said, I will add to the church. Yep. I will add to the church as I see fit. So if the numbers don't increase, we still working just as hard as we did. We still serving just as hard as we did. Absolutely. You know, for God, uh, worshiping just as hard as we can for who he is. We praise him for what he does. We worship him for who he is. Yep. You know, and it's just, mm. God's the one that, and it's just been great to see who, who comes through the doors at times. And some come for a season and some come and stay. <clears throat> yeah. And it's, it's pretty cool. And he, he's, and I'm so thankful that I get to be a part of it. So, um, well, speaking of, um, why don't we close this out in prayer and pray for folks? And, um, I don't know if you mind, you mind closing us out in prayer and as we, uh, kind of. I'd be glad to. And just say, you know, as a member of this church, I appreciate you as our pastor. I value you. I value your friendship. I value your insight. And it's not just to puff you up. I mean, because there's things that we haven't agreed on. Oh, yeah. You know? Absolutely. And it's, like, you know, and it's just, but we still here. We still yeah, we're love still each here. other and we still grow from And I would other. say very close friends. I mean, uh, uh, outside of my marriage to Amanda, uh, you're pretty, pretty close. Yeah. 
And, so, and likewise, too, I consider you one of my best friends, at least in my inner circle. Yeah. Jesus had the masses. He sent out the 70. He had the 12. There were three that were really close, and there was one that was really close. Yeah, right, exactly. So, you know, But I appreciate you and all that you do for the people here, your leadership. and Because uh, I look back and say, you know, I would never do that. Yeah. You know, the, this church would be lacking if I was the one in charge. <laughs> you know, so I just I thank God for you and every, all everybody else he brings into this church and this, the areas of service well, that they bring. And likewise, back at you. Because i tell you what, for, for three and a half years I served, three years, three and a half years I served at a church in Virginia under a pastor that I was very blessed to serve under. And I learned a lot during that time. And he taught me. I had learned some lessons from previous pastors on how not to be a pastor. Not that they were horrible. They just there's certain things I picked up on, but he was a guy that I can say this is I've learned. Now I learned how to be a pastor, mm-hmm. and uh, but one of the things I learned during that time, rather quickly into that relationship, was submission. And a lot of people think of submission as a bad word, you know, but submission was not necessarily to him. It was submission to God and to God's leadership through him. And um, I disagreed with him, uh, but he was the leader, and I was not. And um, there's a certain thing called just honor. You honor them. David was the greatest example, perhaps, in Scripture of honoring who God had chosen, and that was Saul. Mm-hmm. And he did too much. He could have took his life. I mean, the cave, the Scripture talking about him cutting off his garment in the cave, I mean, he could have... Well, me, you know, he could have done a lot of things right there, but he and didn't. He felt guilty over it, too. Right, and he still felt guilty, you know. And I mean, oh, I wish I had a drink of water. And his servants, his went across yeah. the enemy line, brought him back some water to drink. And he's like, I can't drink this because the rest of my men don't have this to drink. <laughs> what a man. I, mean, so I can't drink it. So, Yeah, so I think it's amazing. And I think I learned those things back then. And so I said, well, if I ever become a pastor again, um, then I would try to do it different. Not perfect by any stretch of imagination, but man, I'm blessed to have some really good people around me that make me look way better than I am. And uh, thankful for that, except the hair, the hair. But anyway, I'm not, I'm not jelly. No, not jelly. <laughs> once, you pray, once you pray for it. You see how I got us off track again? <laughs> well, that's, that's what we that do. That was rabbit trail number six. <laughs> that's what we do. <laughs> Father God, we just love you. We honor you. Uh, We praise you for all that you've done, all that you're doing, and we worship you for who you are. We thank you for Lighthouse Church. We thank you for those that you've added to this church who are a blessing to us and that we're able to be a blessing to because you, Father, have blessed us to be a blessing. Father, all those listening through the podcast or watching this video, Lord God, we just pray your blessings upon them. Father, it was our prayer from the beginning and still is our prayer that whatever was said, that something would bring edification uh, to them, that they'd be edified, and through it all, Lord, you'd be glorified. And um, so we just pray that the words of our mouth, the meditation of our hearts, Lord God, would continue to be acceptable to you. We thank you for speaking to us. We thank you for revealing yourself, your purposes, your ways to us. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Father, may... Uh, each of us, as we go forward now after this discussion, may we look for you in the small things and not just in the burning bushes, but may in the, our daily walk, in our daily tasks, our daily routines, Lord, experience you and hear your voice ever so clear. We honor you. We love you. and thank you for all that you're doing and continue to do. And Father, may your will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So guys, thanks for watching, listening, whatever you're doing. And, uh, and you know what? God is still speaking and God is still doing miracles. And, uh, and if you don't have a place that you can call home, that you can join and fellowship together with others, man, we welcome you right here at 9.30 or 11 o'clock on Sunday mornings. And even you can test the waters and do it online if you want to at 9.30 on Facebook. But it's not as good as in person. It's just way better when you right. can when you can reach out and touch people. So uh, it's really good. But either way, thank you guys. We love you very much. And uh, let us know how we can be of help of you and serve you. And uh, be feel, feel free to share this with anybody you like. But come join us sometime. Love you guys. Thanks again for joining us for today's podcast. You can find out more about us at lhchampton.com. See you soon.